Welcome back to BLHQ. I'm Stella Chu. And I'm Jenny Belly. We're two big Dame fans, and this is season two of our weekly podcast where we talk about Scum Villain Self Saving System, written by MXTX. We'll be deep diving into each chapter, discussing the story and our overall impressions. Beware fangirling ahead. I like it. It came out good. It came out pretty smooth. Good, good, good. Hooray. 10, 10. This is season two of our podcast. I like literally cannot believe we are a finished Heaven's Official or moving on to the next series already. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, you were so worried that we weren't going to have enough books. I'm like, listen. I was worried. I was worried about <laughs> going through it too fast. But like, so these notes, so the original for Heaven Official, I based it off the Chinese translation. So the chapter numberings were to the original novel when they were online. But... Um, for this series, for Scumvillain Self-Saving System, I am basing it off the English translation published by Seven Seas, like the official series. And what they did was they, because it's a web novel originally, they combined multiple chapters into one chapter. So each chapter is much, much, much longer than mm-hmm. you'll find in Heaven Official's first season of the podcast. So, for example, like today's episode, we're probably only going to be covering chapter one of the English translation mm-hmm. because it is encompassing like five or six chapters of the original translation yeah we also want to introduce you guys to the world which is very different from heaven officials blessing so different different vibe this one is so funny when i was writing the notes for this i laughed many times because like the story is set in a millennial character's point of view like this kid is in his well maybe not millennial now but this kid is in his 20s and he basically gets isekai'd and his thought process is still of like a modern student like a modern teenager like whatever otaku otaku stays at home yes plays video games yes he's just a fucking nerd so like just like the the dialogue and the inner thoughts is just so funny there's so many miscommunication it's great so in this world shen yuan ends up getting isekai'd into his favorite web novel it's it's his favorite novel to hate (laughs) yes yeah it's a love-hate relationship to this if book. If you got isekai'd into Twilight... Yes, and you and hate Twilight. But you, you love hate. reading Twilight. You love watching the movies. You have every single Twilight merchandise. But you write hate yes. comments and you make hate videos about Twilight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You are obsessed with Twilight because you hate it. Yes. And imagine you just getting isekai'd and you're actually the bad guy yes. in there. You're not even the main character. You're like yeah. the bad yeah. guy who is a side character. You're like, your fate is to be murdered by the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Like your fate is to be defeated and killed and tortured by the protagonist because you're a terrible person. So like, <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. And so the way that novels work in China is people upload to websites and people will then download and pay for those chapters um, using like coins or whatever. Very similar in other parts of Asia too. Like Japan and Korea also have these light novels. Yeah, which is like funny in America. We don't do that at all. We don't pay for people's chapters. No. <laughs> pay online for people's writings yeah, no. that are not in a bookstore. No. Yeah, what, what the, the heck? heck? So <laughs> a lot of people will make a ton of money doing that because you get subscribers who will pay mm-hmm. for your chapters. So that's one thing yes. you should know about. So a lot of writers end up fluffing mm-hmm. their stories, making them very, very long and drawn out because the more chapters you write, theoretically, the more money you will get because pe- pe- the viewers are going to be paying for each chapter of your yeah. novel that comes out. Yep. And the type of novel that it is, it's called Proud Immortal Demon's Way. And it's a stallion novel, which basically just means like a guy who is overpowered, who yes. gets a ton of girls yes. and yes. has a ton of sex. Literally, it is a book made specific. It's like a shonen. It's for the male audience. It's mm-hmm. about this character that you can, like the reader can put themselves into their foot because they get all the girls. They're fucking, they have a, the golden, they have this thing called golden finger. Golden finger just means you're OP. Like you're overpowered, mm-hmm. like nothing can defeat you. So they have a golden finger. Everything is just like falls to their feet. Like no matter what they yep. do, they're just everything perfectly happens for them every single time. Yeah. It's great. Plot armor. <laughs> Plot armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're indestructible. Yeah. And so the world that it's in, the book itself, is similar to how like Heaven Official Blessing is where there's cultivation and stuff. But the way that this world works is that 
it's very much like fantasy. You have demons, you have humans, and the humans have magical powers, the spiritual powers. Yeah. And they and they hate each other. Yeah, they absolutely hate each other. There's a demon realm and the human realm, in a way, where like going over to the demon realm, nothing can grow there. It's like dark, the sky is red, it's barren, it's, barren, yeah. it's frigid. Specifically, specifically in the novel, it says that like demons are very good. They both cultivate, they both get spiritual power, but demons are more in tuned with spiritual energy so they have a faster time easier time cultivating and getting mm-hmm. magic so that's why they are so strong however humans win by population mm-hmm. they just like fuck a lot <sighs> so because there are so many humans and there are so few de- demons they're at war with each other but the demons have never invaded because they would not win just from pure yeah. numbers so they're just like at this like standstill mm-hmm. right now. The and there's a bunch of different sects. And the um, main sect that we follow is the Songtown Mountain sect. And they have 12 different peaks, which are basically just imagine yes. mountains, like mountains, vertical mountains. And there's 12 of them. And each one of them has a house at the top. And it's just filled with disciples. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. Harry Potter, where there are like four houses. And like each house has like a personality, yep. right? A specialty. Except this one has 12 mm-hmm. of them because there are. So there's like the main mountain which the the leader of the sect he's like the owner of the every he like is in charge of everybody and there are 11 other mountains of which everyone has a house leader right and each mountain has a different personality like one mountain is good at healing one mountain is good at fighting one mountain is good at art like everyone has like a personality and there's one that's all women oh yes which like i don't know what their superpower is it's just all women they're just being women (laughs) their superpowers of women (laughs) your trait you're a woman just like the female titan you don't have anything special you're just a female titan female yeah and and so the, the reason this story is like the world, the setting is so different from a typical cultivation novel is because the writer is not MXTX. I mean, the writer within the series is dumb and he doesn't understand cultivation. He actually gets a lot of cultivation wrong while he's writing Proud Immortal Demon Way. And that's one of Shen Yuan's biggest like anger points. Like he's like, why are you writing this cultivation novel when you don't even understand cultivation? Uh, a lot of things happen in the world of the novel that wouldn't normally happen in a cultivation novel because it's basically just like a male power fantasy novel it's just like complete nonsense just make it up as he goes it's a shonen like it's just like people he all he wants is a a guy with superpowers who can fight monsters and demons like that's the purpose of this novel so like this like everything else around surrounding that the cultivation says is like a lot of nonsense and shenron like is so annoyed by that every single time he reads it yeah and then half of the uh things in the world will just is an aphrodisiac is sex pollen yes <laughs> because it's also like a smut novel like yeah. every single chapter has like a long drawn out sex scenes and shenron is like not interested in the sex he's scenes like so he's like sexual this is so stupid yeah he's like not interested in the sex at all and he just like wants to see the monster fights like he's like here for the cool <laughs> battles and the cult of and the superpowers like he's such a nerd yep. he's like ill women <laughs> oh man <laughs> so those are the different kinds of things happening in the world what else is there the like the way that cultivation works is that you mainly just meditate a lot you meditate in a place where there's mm-hmm. lots of spiritual power and that is actually typical of cultivation novels like other ones so that's pretty normal but yeah one of the main things is the way the difference in the magic is that instead of holding the sword you're like like fucking Deruda raving until your sword moves around. Yes. So you have, you're able to use your spiritual powers to command your sword to move for you. Yeah. But that is also typical of cultivation because San Lang can also do that. Okay. Yeah. It's just yeah, funny yeah. because it looks yeah. like they're just raving with their hands. Like, yeah, they're just slash, slash, slash. They make hand seals and the hand seals yeah. causes the sword. Like, yeah. Uh, Morazushi also has that. So that's, that's normal too. And, yeah, but the thing yeah. is like a lot of sword cultivators, for example, like this is a thing that Shenron is mad at like a lot of sword cultivators they fly on their swords but in this world they ride horses and ride horse carriages and he's like what kind of fucking cultivation novel is this where we don't ride on <laughs> swords or fucking riding in carriages that makes no sense <laughs> they get he gets to ride a sword once. yeah like very very rarely <laughs> and he's like stupid fucking author oh also the author's name is a pen name because he writes anonymously on this website and his pen name is airplane shooting to the sky which yeah, is when Chinese is Dafeiji, uh, which basically means to hit an airplane. Same thing as jerking off. It's 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 a it's a fucking <laughs> sex joke. It's a sex joke because the writer, the author, 
is stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I would Might also well make a sex, make a sex joke, joke with my name. Yeah. Um, because Shen Yuan's uh, internet yes. name is Peerless Cucumber. Peerless Cucumber. Also a sex joke. Peerless Cucumber. Oh my God, these people. Um, but this is kind of like the humor of the series. There's a lot of like sarcasm and like modern humor. Like it's very little of like the old timey ancient China like cultivation mindset mm-hmm. except for when we are looking at things through a certain character like the main character's point of view when we're looking at things through Shen Yuan's point of view it's very like modern times so he makes references to like Google Translate or like Amazon and yeah. like just like modern video game mechanics and stuff because he thinks he's living a video game basically the one of the things that Shen Yuan does is he's an unreliable narrator he is. whatever he oh my says God. It's Pops. not what he means. No. Because he's an idiot he's who's so stupid. disconnected from his emotions. So stupid. Like, there's so many scenes where Shen Yuan's, like, thinking one thing, and then literally the next sentence is Lo Binghe saying something completely different. And there's yep. just so much miscommunication there. It's just hilarious. It's Yeah, good he'll be like, man, it's totally normal for two guys to make out. They're, for like, friends or something. Yeah. <laughs> and Lo Binghe is like, finally, my shizen has noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hopefully that's enough help um mm-hmm. to introduce you guys to the world and how different it is from heaven mm-hmm. officials blessing this series will also be using a lot more terms that i have taken out from like heaven official for example shizun shiji shi 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 sidi it's so shizun it's so s h i in chinese is shizun like that's so okay sidi because because Sometimes I hear like audiobooks and they pronounce the H. Is it just a dialect thing? Like a region thing? I think it depends on what they're saying, but like Sujie, you remember how like uh, Wei Ying says Sujie? Uh-huh. He doesn't say Shijie. Okay, I'll try my best. So Sujie. Yes. So you always have to remember that's the Sujie. So Sujin, Shizun, Sujie, Sidi, Sizi, which is like the, Shifu too. the younger kid. Yes. Yeah. Sifu. Shifu. So Shizun uh, basically means teacher, Shidi mm-hmm. is like younger brother. But like not blood related, younger like Marshall, mar- younger yeah. brother within your sect, within your like house. Shijia mm-hmm. is like older sister. Yeah, Sume. Yeah, a younger little sister. So basically, the they use these terms a lot, um, specifically Shizen, because like Lobinghe always refers to his teacher as Shizen. Um, anything else that is strange? I think anything else that comes along, we will just discuss it as we go. But yeah. we can start. We can start. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Let's go, guys. We're going to jump right into scum billing self-saving okay, system. Okay, here we go. Okay. Also known as SVSSS. SVSSS. Every MXTX has acronyms and letters. Every character is an acronym, too. So, like, whenever we talk about characters or stories, we're just like, it's like alphabet soup. It's just like letters. Yeah, it is. Okay. Chapter one, scum. Shen Yuan is reading Proud Immortal Demon Way, a male power fantasy stallion novel. He thinks it's too long, the plot makes no sense, the harem is too big, and all the female characters have low IQ, stupidly falling for the protagonist. The main character in the novel is called Lo Binghe, and he is a darkened and vicious protagonist who suffered greatly. He was abandoned at birth and left in the Luo River in winter, thus the name Lo Binghe. He wandered the streets alone until a washerwoman took him in and raised him as her own. They lived in poverty and suffered. As a result, Lo Binghe has a tendency to become very vengeful and manipulative. Eventually, his mother dies and he's left alone. Then, by complete coincidence, he is selected to be a disciple in one of the four greatest sects of the cultivation world, Songchang Mountain. His master is Senqing Cho, nicknamed the Shuya Sword. Unfortunately, Senqing Cho is a scummy character who is secretly jealous of Lo Binghe's talents, so he bullies him daily, encouraging the other disciples to belittle him too. Lo Binghe ends up enduring years of humiliation and suffering. When he finally turns 17, he participates in the Olympics of the Cultivation World, the Immortal Alliance Conference, which only happens every four years. Unfortunately, again, Lo Binghe falls into Senqing Cho's trap and is pushed into a crack between the human and demon realms called the Endless Abyss. In Shen Yuan's opinion, this is where the story really begins. In the Endless Abyss, Lo Binghe finds his ultimate weapon called Shin Mo and learns that he's actually a half-demon and his father is the saintly ruler of the demon realm called Tianlang Jun. His father is sealed under a mountain and his mother was expelled from her sect for having relationships with demons. She died giving birth to Lo Binghe. 
Once Lo Binghe knows this truth, he uses Shinmo to release his body seal on his demon blood. Then he gets revenge and kills every single person who ever hurt him. He becomes the ruler of the demon realm and eradicates all the cultivation sects. In the end, he becomes a legendary ruler under all three realms and has a stupidly large harem. With Shen Yun's dying breath, he curses, dumb fuck author, dumb fuck novel. He spent so much money purchasing every chapter of this stupid money-grabbing filler-stuffed novel, but now he's dying before he can read it to the end. The author is airplane shooting towards the sky, and in Chen Yun's opinion, he is the worst author ever with grade school level of writing, breaking all suspensions of disbelief and incoherent world building. Every single character acts like an idiot around the protagonist, especially San Chin Cho, the biggest idiot amongst idiots, the worst scum among scum. That character's only purpose is to bully the protagonist and then dig his own grave. So why did Shen Yuan even read this book if he hates the story and the author so much? Well, even though the plot is incomprehensible, there is so much foreshadowing and red herrings that end up nowhere. It's never revealed who is the culprit behind the scenes, and so many awesome characters that are introduced and then never appear again, and so many plot holes it makes him want to puke blood in rage. As he's dying, Shen Yuan suddenly hears a Google Translate-like voice say, Activation code, dumbfuck author, dumbfuck novel, system automatically triggered. Basically, he gets isekai'd into the novel and the system says, if you think you can do better, then do it. If you can't, then shut the fuck up. When Senyun wakes up, he finds himself on a white canopy bed wearing white cultivation robes. Next to him is a handsome man in formal robes looking at him with concern. Senyun has read plenty of transmigration light novels, so he knows what to do. He would never make the rookie mistake of saying something like, are we filming a movie? Instead, he plays along and suddenly gets information from the man next to him and finds out that he's been unconscious with a fever for a few days. To his horror, he finds out that he transmigrated into the novel that he hates, and on top of that, he's become the scum villain, San Chin Cho. The system activates in his mind and tells him that he has 100 B points, whatever that means. Then the system says that if any of his points fall below zero, the system will automatically give him punishment. Oh, fuck. He realizes that the man next to him is his Shishang, the current sect leader, Yue Ching Yuan, aka the Xuan Su Sword. Since he's read the novel, he knows that in the future, Yu Cheng Yan is going to die because of his character, Shen Qing Cho. Fuck. Tens of thousands of arrows are going to fierce him until not even his bones remain. Well, at least it hasn't happened yet. Shen Yuan remembers being fond of the Yue Qingyuan character when he's read the novel before. And then Shen Yuan remembers what happens to Shen Qing Cho's character. In the future, Shen Qing Cho ends up being turned into a human stick with his arms, legs, and tongue cut off so that he's only a filthy torso unable to speak, hanging from a beam like a punching bag. Shen Yuan despairs and comes up with a plan. One, avoid all of the mistakes. Two, suck up to the protagonist and basically hold on to his thighs. And three, become a gentle and helpful mentor to the protagonist. However, the system says that that's out of character, OOC. And Zenya needs to complete a beginner level quest to unfreeze the OOC feature. If he acts OOC until then, he will lose B points. Shenyun thinks, what's the point of transmigrating if he can't change his character's actions? The system says that if his B points go below zero, then he'll be sent back to his original body, which at this point is dead. Okay, then maybe he can just avoid the protagonist and everything will be fine. Shen Yuan looks around the room, but he doesn't see Lo Binghe. Yue Qingyuan sighs and tells him that Shen Qingcho beat him bloody and he was locked inside the woodshed. Shen Qingcho faints. In his previous life, Shen Yuan was a wealthy kid with two older brothers and a younger sister, and he lived a carefree life, never having to work for food and always thought that being top 10 was good enough. So he doesn't understand the motivations of a character like Shen Qingcho. Why couldn't he just leave the protagonist alone? Why did he have to torture him so much just because he was jealous? But to be fair, the problem isn't with Shen Qingcho. It's with that stupid author. Shen Qingcho's sword, Xu Ye, means elegant and refined, and his appearance matches the name with the fine-featured face, slender body, and scholarly air. He has reached mid-core formation, meaning that he is able to preserve his youthful appearance despite his mysterious real age. Shen Qingcho wants to go and visit Luo Binghe in the woodshed, but every time he takes a step, the system blares in his head, warning, OOC warning. Shen Qingcho would not take the initiative to visit Luo Binghe. 
Since he can't go, he orders Ming Fan, the senior disciple, to go fetch him. Ming Fan looks very plain in Tenjin Cho's opinion, as expected of the cannon fodder that bullies the protagonist. Ming Fan, on the other hand, is confused about why his Shizen is using Luo Binghe's name when before he only referred to him as that little beast or ungrateful brat. But he follows instructions and rudely brings Luo Binghe to Shen Qingcho. Meanwhile, Shen Qingcho finds out that B points stands for badass points, and he can get more by changing the nonsensical plot, raising the IQs of the villains and supporting characters, and ensuring the protagonist's satisfaction and finishing hidden plot events. In summary, Shen Qingcho must clean up the author's mess on top of making sure he doesn't die a horrible death. This task is near impossible because the author has written for the reader's satisfaction instead of following any logic, resulting in a ridiculously long chapter count with endless plot holes. Just then, Luo Binghe arrives, and Chen Qingcho is horrified to see that he's covered in injuries from being beaten. No, oh, he's going to be so dead. Luo Binghe's noble protagonist already radiates from him, even as he limps inside and struggles to kneel. Chen Qingcho stops him from kneeling because he doesn't want Luo Binghe to resent him in the future, then tosses him some medicine. He says in a mocking tone, don't let anyone see. They might think my Qingjing peak abuses its disciples. He manages to circumvent the OC warning by giving medicine with a nasty attitude. On the other hand, Luo Binghe is surprised and grateful for the medicine because he was expecting to be beaten again. He smiles sincerely at Chen Qingcho. Thank you for the medicine, Sitsen. Shen Qingcho is mesmerized by Luo Binghe's earnest and warm face. Before he became darkened, Luo Binghe was the type of person that if you gave him a scrap of goodwill, he'd return it tenfold, like an innocent and gentle lamb. Shen Qingcho can't help but think that in the future, after his darkening, Luo Binghe will be wearing a mask of kindness as he grinds his face to the floor and rips out his tendons. Here is a passage from Proud Immortal Demon Wei. Luo Binghe smiled. Today, the humiliation this disciple once suffered will be returned 100-fold. For injuring my hands and feet, I'll tear off your limbs and grind them to dust. Oh, so sadistic. Evil. Oh, original Loving Binghe is so, so sadistic. evil. <laughs> Shen Qingcho knows that Luo Binghe has been training with the fake cultivation manual, and the only reason he hasn't already chi deviated is because his of his protagonist's level durability. He mentally cries that the system isn't allowing him to teach Luo Binghe properly due to OOC. Shen Qingcho also finds out that Luo Binghe is currently 14 years old, which means that by this point, he has already suffered countless abuses from his Sitsen and fellow disciples. Shen Qingcho waves goodbye to his hope for survival and sends Luo Binghe away. I wish to be alone. <laughs> Overall, Shen Qingcho has an easygoing personality and quickly accepts his new life and wants to do his best to make it work. A slight problem is, he'll have trouble getting a girlfriend here. <laughs> Since Luo Binghe is the protagonist of a stallion novel, every pretty girl will eventually belong to him. Thankfully, Shen Qingcho is a man of little needs, and it wouldn't be that different from how his previous life has been going anyway. All he needs to do is suck up to the protagonist so he doesn't die. His plan is to familiarize himself with the environment, earn some B points, and unfreeze the OOC feature ASAP. Songchon Mountain has 12 peaks, and Tenjinsho's peak is called Qingjing Peak. It is the most tranquil, covered in tall bamboo, with a focus on the four scholarly arts, which is the Guqin, calligraphy, go, and painting. But Shen Qingcho knows that in the future, trouble will come to the mountain, so he decides to test out his abilities to prepare. He walks deep into the forest and pulls out the Shuya sword, which has been with Shen Qingcho since he was very young. He channels his spiritual powers into the sword and casually slices it once, just to see what will happen. And holy shit, who knew it would be so powerful? A flash of blinding light bursts from the sword and creates a deep ditch in the ground. Shen Qingcho, internally, is losing his shit. So awesome, so powerful. Maybe if he diligently trains for the next 20 years, if he ever faces Lobingha, he can flee in disgrace. That's right, flee in disgrace. There is no way he's going to beat the freaking protagonist. But before he can practice more, he hears someone coming and he hides. It's Lobingha and Ning Yingying, the youngest female disciple. She is like a charming younger sister type who is fond of Lobingha. Shen Qingcho feels awkward seeing her since the original Shen Qingcho had impure intentions towards her. How dare he go after the protagonist woman and his own disciple? 
In fact, when he reads the novel, he thought it was strange that Lo Binghe never castrated San Chincho for being creepy. He even went into the comment section and flooded it with, please castrate San Chincho. No castration, we unsubscribe. Thank God that never happens, though, <laughs> because now he's San Chincho. Ning Yi tries to play, but Lo Binghe is focused on his charge and arduously chops trees with his rusty axe. After this task, he has to carry the water and then maybe he'll have time to work on his cultivation. Ningyi wants to tell their Sitin that their Shishong was bullying their Shishong are bullying Lo Binghe, but Shen Xinchou thinks in shock, no, 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 you absolutely cannot come to tell me. What am I supposed to do? I can't be OOC. Who exactly should I punish? <laughs> but Luo Binghe, with this white lotus heart, says, Absolutely don't. I don't want to trouble Shizen with these small matters. Our Shishang don't mean any harm. They just see that I'm young and want to give me more chances to train. Shen Qingqiu can't even look at Luo Binghe right now. Who thinks like that? When Luo Binghe finishes chopping wood, he sits to rest. But then Ming Fan and his cronies appear. Ming Fan has a crush on Ning Yingying and is annoyed that she hangs out with Luo Binghe so much. In order to impress her, he pulls out a jade ornament to give as a gift. Suddenly, Shen Qingqiu remembers this scene from the novel and he realizes that he fucked up by coming here. In his defense, the novel has been running for four years and covers a narrative span of 200 years. It's not his fault that he can't remember every womp-filled arc or pointless abuse in Luo Binghe's disciple days. He watches as Ning Yingying nonchalantly tosses the ornament back to Ming Fan saying, What? This color is so ugly. The one Alua has is prettier. Luo Binghe shrinks back as Ming Fan turns on him, demanding to see it. Ning Ying Ying, you low IQ fool, you're causing more problems. Lo Binghe always wears a jade guanyin pendant, which was gifted to him by his washerwoman mother, who spent her entire life savings to finally, with great difficulty, give her son a protective charm. It's the last bit of warmth in Lo Binghe's dark world. How can he just randomly give it to someone else? Ming Fan and his lackeys hold Lo Binghe down and steal his pendant, and then mock him when they realize that it's a counterfeit. Lo Binghe's poor mother spent an entire year scrimping on food to save money, but then she got tricked into buying a fake charm for a high price. Heartbroken, her body steadily deteriorated until she died. That jade pendant is basically Lo Binghe's berserk button. He can't take it anymore and he strikes out, but he is too weak against his Shishang and they beat him up one-sidedly. Chen Qingqiu wants to help, but the system screams, Severe OOC! Severe OOC! Severe OOC! Important things must be repeated three times. In this situation, Chen Qingqiu would choose to smile. He would watch from the sidelines, hands in his sleeve, or personally beat Luo Binghe himself. Chen Qingqiu suddenly comes up with an idea. He can't help directly, so he uses a technique, plucking leaves flying flowers, which is technically not for fighting, just a move for aesthetics. He secretly sends out multiple leaves at the bullies, but the leaves fly so fast that they cut Ming Fang and the disciples, spilling blood, until they run away frightened. The system deems this action OOC and docks negative 70 points, leaving Chen Qingqiu with 30 B points, much to his dismay. Meanwhile, Luo Binghe and Ying Ying are left alone, confused about what just happened. Unfortunately, during the chaos, Luo Binghe's jade pendant is lost, and he searches all over the ground but doesn't find it. Shen Qingqiu is watching from the side, so he sees that the pendant is stuck on a branch high above their heads, but he doesn't dare to reveal himself to point it out. Lo Binghe and Ning Yingying search for the pendant until it gets dark, but with no luck. Defeated, Lo Binghe walks back with his head lowered as Ning Yingying offers to buy him another one. Shen Qingqiu cannot believe he just spent his entire afternoon watching them search. Doesn't he have too much fucking time on his hands? After they leave, he comes out of his hiding place and jumps up to catch the jade pendant. He wants to return it, but he doesn't have enough B-points to act OOC again. But just as he takes the jade pendant, the system pops up, Congratulations! Obtained key item, fake jade guanyin times one. For changing the storyline, Senchin Cho IQ plus 100, current B points 130. Please continue to work hard. Hooray, all his B-points have been restored. Not only that, this jade pendant seems to be some kind of high-level item that he could use to preserve his life. Shen Qingqiu feels a rush of satisfaction. Even the system's punchable voice sounds tolerable now. Meanwhile, Lo Binghe walks down the mountain, studying a bloody green leaf in his hand. Yue Qingyuan is concerned about Shen Qingqiu after his mysterious fever and visits him often, despite his busy workload as a sect leader. 
Shen Qingqiu wants to cry tears of gratitude for his brotherly care, and he doesn't understand how the original Shen Qingqiu could have hated Yue Qingyuan so much. What a scumbag! Yue Qingyuan pours tea with earnest concern, asking if Shen Qingqiu has recovered now after resting for several days. Then he reminds him that he offered to take his disciples to Shuanghu City to solve a case as a training opportunity. Shen Qingqiu is worried since he's still getting used to his new spiritual powers and techniques. But just then, the system says, "Beginner level quest issued. Location: Shuanghu City. Quests complete the training. Please click to accept." Shen Qingqiu immediately selects accept. With Ming Fan's efficient preparations, they are able to set out the following day. At the mountain gate is a carriage for Shen Qingqiu, along with horses for the disciples. Shen Qingqiu wonders why the heck they're riding horses instead of flying on their swords. The system replies coolly, "Even in a magical setting like Harry Potter, not every wizard goes out riding brooms. It would be too conspicuous." Shen Qingqiu mutters, "You sure are knowledgeable. Did you do business over at Harry Potter's before?" Well, on the other hand, he guesses the setup isn't too bad. Most of the disciples are too young to have claimed their personal swords anyway. Traditionally, on Songchong Mountain sect, a disciple's cultivation has to reach a certain stage before they can go to Wanjian Peak to get their personal blade. The sword chooses their owner and are unwilling to be paired with a weak cultivator. Shen Qingqiu enters his comfortable carriage and looks out the window. To his dismay, he sees Luo Binghe single-handedly scurrying back and forth to pack the luggage and equipment. Despite the difficult work, his attitude is meticulous and earnest, and Shen Qingqiu can't help but feel fondness for this downtrodden male lead. But just then, Ming Fan announces that they are short on horses, so Luo Binghe will have to run for training, of course. Shen Qingqiu thinks. Short on horses, my ass. Songchang Mountain sect is literally number one in cultivation and overflowing with wealth, as if they'd be short on horses. Just then, Ning Yingying offers Luo Binghe to ride with her, but won't that make Ming Fang more jealous and put a big target on Luo Binghe's back? Quickly, Shen Jinchou calls out, Yingying, don't make a fuss. Men and women mustn't be too intimate. No matter how close you are with your city, there ought to be limits. Ming Fan, we're dawdling. Why haven't we set out yet? Ming Fan is overjoyed, thinking Xi Zhen and I are on the same page, and the group departs. As they travel, Shen Qingqiu reviews the file on the case that the system provided. He has to complete this quest to unlock the OOC feature. He learns that there is a murderer on the loose, and already nine people have been killed. Every victim's skin has been peeled, so they call the murderer Skinner Demon. The victims are all beautiful young women, so all the daughters, wives, and concubines are shut inside at night. But the Skinner Demon is unstoppable. Despite reading the file multiple times, Shen Qingqiu can't seem to remember this plotline in the novel. The hell is a Skinner Demon? Never heard of it. Is this a newly added plotline or a hidden one? Is it dangerous? Is it strong? Am I even going to be able to deal with it? This isn't what we agreed to. The system replies. What isn't? You were once a novel reader. Novels are a type of artistic creation, and in an artistic creation, there are always decisions that must be made and things that must be left out. Now that you've become part of this world, you naturally have to experience everything yourself, regardless of importance. You must follow every plotline to the very end, even ones omitted from the original work. <laughs> What a jerk! I know. System's like, fuck you. Too bad. <laughs> Shen Qingqiu is interrupted from his thoughts by loud crackles, and he looks outside. Luo Binghe is on the back of the group, running to catch up as horses kick up dust and cover him in filth. Shen Qingqiu can't handle seeing someone bullied right in front of his eyes, but his face remains neutral, even if his heart is moved. Ning Yingying tries to stop them and indignantly calls for Shen Qingqiu to help. After a moment, Shen Qingqiu calls for Luo Binghe to closer. The disciples are high on Schadenfreude, thinking that he will be disciplined, but instead, Shen Qingqiu lifts the curtain and invites him inside the carriage. Everyone is shocked. Has Shen Qingqiu been possessed by a demon? Luo Binghe steps inside and tucks himself into a corner, as if he's afraid he will dirty it. Immediately, the system gives an OOC warning, but Shen Qingqiu argues that he only brought him inside to get Ning Yingying's good side, therefore not OOC. The system can't come up with a rebuttal, so Shen Qingqiu can't help but laugh in victory. Luo Binghe is startled to suddenly hear his Sitzen laugh and steals a glance. He was fully expecting Shen Qingqiu to do something horrible when he got inside, but instead he's been meditating with his eyes closed. When Shen Qingqiu finally opens his eyes, he finds Luo Binghe staring at him and smiles at him unconsciously. Luo Binghe feels like he was pricked by a thorn and quickly averts his gaze, feeling awkward and unsure. Immediately, the system deducts five points for smiling. <laughs> OOC is OOC. Oh my gosh. 
So that's chapter one. What do you guys think? It's a very long chapter because it goes from being transmigrated to mm-hmm. like an actual important event and then now mm-hmm. moving on to a, a case fic. The beginning quest, the beginner level quest. Yeah. And I really, well, I was going to say something about Shen, Shen Qingqiu's character. It's like a lot of the time he's like arguing with the system. Like he, and, but like externally, he has to pretend to be this character of like an aloof peak lord so even though like inside he's like really really angry or really really emotional or like frustrated or whatever like all all of his emotions on the outside he has like a very blank mask because like being a good cultivator being like very like high it means like you're very zen you're like one with the world you're like in with your spirit and whatever so he has to always like exude like a very calm and peaceful personality and face even though inside he's like panicking or like upset yeah so he always has to be stoic like i am perfect yeah it's like (laughs) i don't care (laughs) everything is fine meanwhile on the inside he's like fuck 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 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and like this i I also love this character of the system (laughs) yeah because it's such a dick such a dick like she's just like trying like it's also like incomprehensible like the system you'll find out like throughout the book the system just takes away points or gives points like arbitrarily for no reason and the number is ridiculous like he'll she will take away a thousand points but then grant 50 like she just <laughs> the, the numbers are so arbitrary and shen Cho is like constantly frustrated by like what are the rules here? Why is everything just made up? Like, do these points actually matter? Like, what is happening here? Like, what what the fuck? <laughs> and in actuality, what if they don't? What if he could literally do whatever he wanted and the system didn't yeah. have any powers? Yeah. But do you really want to test it and, like, go back to your rotten body back in the real Corpse. world? Yo, for real. <laughs> yeah, when you can become, like, a cool cultivator with magic powers. That's true. He just has to stick to the yeah. plot, even though the plot eventually means that he's going to turn into a human Die. stick. Yeah, he's he's gonna figure it out. Don't worry. He ha- all he has to do is like figure out to unlock this OOC feature first, and then he can like hug the protagonist's leg and then try not to die. Mm-hmm. Easy, mm-hmm. Yep. easy peasy. Let's talk about our off topics for the day. Okay, I am currently reading another um, Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation one, and this nice. one is so messed up. So this one's called "For the Dust and the Dirt" by Nick Celestia, mm-hmm. and. This is a time-traveling fix-it, sort of, but not, like, really. I don't know. It starts off real dark, and I'm only, like, a few chapters in, so I haven't I haven't hit the end yet. I have no idea how this is going to end. One one day, like, Wei, Wei Shen, like, 16-year-old, 17-year-old Wei Shen at the Cloud Recesses is just coming back from buying alcohol from Sai Town, and he ends up getting disciplined by Lanza, and he's like, ah, fuck. And, and, um, and stuff. he's like, oh, you have to report yourself to get disciplined tomorrow morning. And as he's about to go back, he realizes that he, like, lost his jade pendant to, like, let him back into the cloud recesses. And so he goes to search for it. Like, he must have dropped it. So he goes back out to kind of try and find it. And there's another guy standing um, in front of, like, the jade pendant. He's like, hi, who are you? Like, are you another student? And the guy's, like, wearing, like, gin robes, like, gold mm-hmm. robes and, and a mask. And he's like, hi, who are you? Like, can you give me back my pendant? We'll go back to class. To, like, we'll back inside the cloud recesses together. We'll be fine. And that guy uh, takes off his mask and it turns out to be, like, weighing but mm. older it's like the yingling patriarch version or something okay. like he's just older he, right. he's like several inches taller and he starts beating the living ever shit <gasps> out of wei wushen like completely like, just like so, so weighing is the younger one wei wushen's the older one so yeah, weighing yeah. gets the shit beaten out of him and every time that wei wushen hits him weighing ends up getting a memory oh his future he he sees his future he okay, sees yeah. how jen yanli dies he sees how wending dies how jin shu shuen dies like all of the bad things that happen to absolutely everyone in his life and all the mistakes and everything that is his fault he sees it all happen and um so the next morning everyone wakes up oh actually no even before that so uh Lanzan at that moment realizes that he didn't take the jars back from Wei Wushen to like confiscate them. So he goes back to look for him and he sees Wei Wushen wearing his old cultivated robes, like his Jansect robes that are purple. And he's holding Jin robes. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, 
And he's like, oh, uh, just just chill. I want to go back. Uh, I spilled some stuff on my robes. I've got to go change. And Lanzan's like, did you steal these robes? I'm taking them with me. So he confiscates them. He's like, go back to your room. You report to like discipline tomorrow. And he notices that like Wang's like a little bit taller for some reason. He doesn't know why. Maybe they wear heels. So anyway, he goes back. He goes to bed and it's fine. Next morning, everyone wakes up. Everyone's sword is gone. Absolutely, everyone's like swords are gone, uh, and they all they they can't find Wei Wush, like Wei Ying. So they're like, "Oh, it's Wei Ying. He's pulling a prank on us. He stole from us." And so they go to try and figure out what's going on. Go to find him. They figure out the swords are in the forest, and they're in like a trail. And with each sword, there's like a note, and the note will say things to the specific person. If your father won't protect your siblings, and who will? And that was like Jin Shi Xuan's. Um, and there was like a note for. Um, Lanzan and the, the note is like his mother's name mm-hmm. uh, and all these kinds of different other notes and they're all written in blood and so they're all going like it's Lancy Chen and then all of the disciples are going through the forest to go find what the fuck is going on why is weighing pulling a prank on them uh, why is it written in blood L- like everyone's turning on him until finally they meet Wei Wu Shen <laughs> and they're like what are you doing why are you stealing our swords he's like it's because uh, I wanted to warn you about some stuff. I wanted, you know, I'm telling you what's wrong with your character. And then Jiang, Yang Li and Jiang Chen are like, you're not our brother. He's like, what? What do you mean? I am your brother. He's like, no, you're not. You, you're you an imposter. And so they um, all start fighting him. Um, and then they eventually find like the real Wei Ying. And there's a huge fight between Wei Wuxian and Wei Ying is like dying. He literally has like all of his bones are like broken. He's like really, he's being choked at the same time by Wei Wuxian with like a, like a piano wire type of vibe. It's so violent. It's like, let's <laughs> is like, let's beat up Wei Ying. Let's, let's have Wei Wuxian kick Wei Ying in the face and in the chest and crush his bones and yeah, break his ankle and everything and have everyone watch. And so the fic continues from there and it becomes like this whole mystery of like, where did this guy come from? Why is he doing this to Wei Ying? What does it have to do with the Ying iron and cloud recesses and the burial mounds and all that kind of stuff. So I'm up to the part where they have like the, all of that violence has ended and now they're trying to like figure out what to do next and where all of this shit's coming from. So as it's dark and angsty. Great. Love that. Woo. I also have a pretty dark fic. Uh, it's kind of sad. Um, it's called Flame and Rust by Reverie, the same author I mentioned last time, um, who is writing a lot of like Modazushi one-shots. But this is actually pretty long. It's 34,000 words. And it's a one-shot where it's like a reimagining of the entire story, except what if um, Baosho Sanren and everyone that... Tr- um, learns under her are actually part dragon so that means that yeah. Wei Ying's mother was a dragon which means that uh Wei Ying inherited the the dragon powers and like can also turn into a dragon so um after he's like abandoned like as a child and like his parents die and he's like found wandering around um he gets adopted by the Zhang family like that's pretty normal but um Madame Yu is like pissed like she was she's always been pissed but she's like really really pissed because he she knows the truth of his lineage and she thinks that he's dangerous but the father Ah. was like but what if we use him as like protection like we can train him to like protect our family and die for us basically treating weighing like as like an object rather than a person but madam you agrees and like so basically he he doesn't know that he's a dragon yet. He think he still thinks he's a normal person. But like as he grows into like maturity, he starts like hiccuping fire or like his his body hurts and it's he learns that he is actually part dragon and his <laughs> he's hiccuping fire because so he eats a lot of spicy food. He's like, why does my chest feel so hot? And then one day he just like hiccups fire. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and and then his dad is like. <laughs> Yeah, you're actually a dragon. Your mother was a dragon, and we don't know how to take care of you. But you are uh, you are honor bound to protect our family because we took you in. So he's just like, he, like so. Wayne basically grows up thinking like he he his only usefulness is being protection. Like if if he can't fulfill his duty and he, if he doesn't like die protecting his family from anything that happens, like then he's pointless because they took him in and and he has to repay that love. You know, like he thinks everything mm. is transactional. So, um, uh, 
the, the, obviously his siblings like hate that mentality, but they're too afraid of their parents to like do anything about it. So Madame Yu is always constantly have like beating him with this like mentality. And the father is always just like letting it happen because he like doesn't care. And like, he also sees him as like just an object rather than a person. But um, he finally learns like how to transform into a, de- uh, into a dragon, but he has to go back and forth between human and dragon shape so that he can like quell the, like he get, he gets anxious and like antsy when he doesn't hmm. go into his dragon form. So he has to like transform into a dragon every few times. Um, but that becomes a problem when they enter the cloud recesses for the study period when they become teenagers because um, he can't reveal that he's a dragon. It has to be a secret because it's like kind of like the Lotus Pier's like secret weapon in case anything bad happens. So um, yeah. they tell Lan Shichen the secret so that Lan Shichen can over like watch over him while he transforms every few times. Um, but while he's there, um, he ends up forming a bond with Lan Zhan, uh, which means that like he basically sees him like as a soulmate and a future mate. And he feels really anxious and like irritated if he's not around him or like protecting him or like knows that he's safe. So he, but he, but he feels like it makes him feel sick when he's not around him. He doesn't understand what's going on. There's no one around him who can explain this to him because like no one knows that he's a dragon and the people who do know he's a dragon don't know anything about dragons. So he's like, feels very alone. But then uh, one day Lanchiren finds out that he's a dragon. He was like, I was friends with your mother and she explained a lot of things for me so I can help you. So he and Lanchiren form this kind of like unlikely friendship where they like, where he like helps, they help each other because uh, Wei Ying is like a genius and he like talks to him about like different cultivation theory and like all that stuff. And and Lanchiren does everything he can to like help him like be like learn his dragon powers that no one has been helping him with Mm -hmm. but he's also like very irritated that he like imprinted on his nephew and he's like why did you have to god damn it (laughs) like he's like very annoyed by that um but then when they get like the rest of the story continues uh, following the main story arc where they get stuck in the cave with the shuanu turtle and at that point lanjan and Weying are stuck there together and Weying reveals that he's a dragon by turning into one and gets like very, very injured trying to save <gasps> Lanjan and killing the turtle. And then he almost dies as they wait for help to come because he can't like, he used up so much, he, he bled so much and he used up so much spiritual power transforming that he like, is like almost dead. And, um, and then when he is like rescued and he's brought back to Lotus Pier, Madame Yu is pissed because he's like, how dare you reveal your secret? How could you, um, how, how can you be so incompetent to get injured? You have to save our family. Like, why would you save the lands? Like why, you know, like he's like, she's like berating him and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'll do better. I'll fight right now. And he's still like, and we're recovering. He's very, very weak. And he can barely transform or walk. And she's like, mm. why are you being so lazy laying in bed all the time? Like go, mm. go practice, like go be useful. And he's <sighs> like, I'm sorry. I'll be useful. And uh, Yanli is watching all this and she cannot handle it anymore. So she secretly starts poisoning her brother. So that he can no longer transform into a dragon and it like suppresses his dragon powers. So um, like, and, and the, but as this is happening, his parents are getting more and more anxious. Like they're here that the when are coming. They already heard that cloud recesses is under fire. And like now our, our like ticket to like uh, protection is like fucking sick. Like, what are we going to do? And so uh, Yanli suggests like, oh, I've been writing letters to Lan Chiren since he already knows our secret. Like maybe he can help because he knows more about dragons. So he sends Wei Ying with a letter to go meet Lan Chiren at, um, uh, in another town in between their, in between their cities. And he says, she's like, I already talked with him over the letter. He already knows you're, he's going to meet with you and he'll help you. Like, trust me, go and go, go, go find him, get better and then come back. But Actually, she never sent a letter. She just sent him away from the house because she knew that, like, she didn't want her parents to use him anymore and, like, make him, like, expendable. So, like, he, he sends, she basically sends him away with a lie. But then when he finds out that when he opens the letter, he sees that it's blank and he realized that her, his sister lied to him. So he rushes back to Lotus Pier. But the Wen have already invaded and everyone is already dead and it's too late and Zhang Cheng has lost his golden core. So... Uh-oh. So he finds Wen Qing and begs her to like do the golden core transfer so that he can get rid of, he basically sacrifices all his spiritual power in order to save his brother yeah. who now has a golden core. But 
um, that changes his dragon abilities because people with um, basically people with golden cores have the ability to have fire, but people without golden cores who are dragons have the ability to have water. So he loses all his fire abilities and has to learn how to control water. But that's when the wind capture him and throw him into the burial mounds. And he is like, has to harness resentful energy. So then he becomes like this really angry, watery, vengeful person who like brings tsunamis and tidal waves and like destroys wow. all the wind people. Um, until his, until the, until Lanjan and Zhang Cheng find him and they realize that his powers have changed. And so like the golden core reveal happens very, very fast because they realize yeah. you have, you had fire and now you have water. That means your golden core is gone. Um, that means I have your golden core. And like, everyone is like, just, just upset. Like everyone is pissed and upset and un- unhappy yeah. and everyone's just moody. And he wants to help Lanjan because he's like imprinted on him, but like, he doesn't feel like he's worthy because he's like, he's, he still feels like he couldn't even protect his family. That was like the only thing that he was born for. And he yeah. couldn't even do that. Um, Okay, I, I kind of want to leave the story there because the rest of the story is really, really good. I want people to be able to read the rest of it. But that's kind of like the buildup to almost love the climax. It. It's really, really good. Um, that I ha- sounds I awesome. I really loved it. Yeah, I, I want more people to read it. So I'll, I'll leave it there as a little cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need more long fix to read. This one's pretty long. Yeah. <sighs> Dope. Um, all right. So let's talk about Patreon. Yeah. Any new comments? We have two new comments. Let me take a look at them. Um, on our Patreon, on Season 1, Episode 51, uh, Uncut, Kate Payne said, Normally, I would watch the live stream and then go listen to it again once it's out on Patreon, but I couldn't this week because I can't cry like that again. Oh, no. The pain is <laughs> too doesn't matter real. how many times I re- read or see art for these chapters, I'm going to shed a tear. Guys, I'm I can't sad. believe it's been a year and you finished your first season with this podcast. <gasps> I remember seeing your first episode on Spotify thinking, finally, people who understand my obsession with gay Chinese <gasps> wizards. I love that. <laughs> Thank I you, love Jake. that so much. That's so relatable. That is such a relatable statement. You guys have done a wonderful job so far. I can't wait to start on the next series. I fucking can't. I Aww. love her so much. Yay. Oh my God. Thank you so much yes. for the kindness. And see, George says this episode gave me big nostalgia vibes. The fast paced zaniness, quips, and wild magic fight played out like a Stephen Chow movie in my head. It brought back memories of me nice. sitting in front of the TV watching the old 80s and 90s Journey to the West live action, amazed by all the characters flying across the screen while I didn't know what anyone was saying. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so fucking yeah. hilarious. That's so cute. Yeah, but she is pretty good at writing like action yeah, scenes. It's, it's very good. like things are happening so yeah, fast. Yeah, he says yeah. the one shot giant sword Deix Machina felt straight out of a Power Rangers episode. <laughs> yes, that's great. That was amazing. And as always, we also thank our Citan tier, which are people who support us on our highest tier. So let's thank, thank you, Owl. Thank you, Phase Boy Twenty Three. Thank you, Kita. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, George. And thank you, Rob. Thank you so much for being our top te- top tier patrons. We really, really appreciate your support. Yeah, and moving into our second season. Woo! Oh my god, I can't believe season two already here. Yeah, it might be pretty short. Actually, it's going to be pretty short because I think Scumvillain in total has around 36 chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so 36 chapters, not too Is long. Is it 36? I thought it was 80, but maybe I'm just wrong. With in the, the English translation, English it's translation. around 30-something. Cool. Yeah. Also, thanks, fast. guys. And as the system said, activation code, dumb fuck author, dumb fuck novel, system automatically, system automatically, tra- system automatically triggered. If you think you can do better, then do it. If you can't, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.